This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 7th, 2018. Life Ghouls, Skeletons. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Today we begin our October series entitled Life Ghouls. This morning we'll explore what happens when your life goals are haunted by skeletons. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. As we talk about um, the things in our closets that we would keep there and um, how to experience freedom. Settle us in, open our hearts, open our minds. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. Has anybody here been to one of your high school uh, class reunions? <laughs> yeah, I, I went to my 10th and then to my 40th. And let me tell you something, you don't want to go to that 40th. Bunch of old guys there claiming to be your classmates. Oh, be careful because you and Chuck, we were there for. You gotta be careful. That was anyway. fine, though, wasn't it? You know, one of the great parts of reunion is, you know, remembering the stories, especially the funny ones. But, you know, it's also the challenge of the reunion because even uh, no matter how long it's been, even 40 years later, they'll remember the stupid thing that you did, you know, that stupid thing you did. The, the thing that maybe was hurtful, that, that thing you'll never be proud of. It'll be brought up. You can guarantee it, you know. It's because people often remember your worst moment, not your best. They often tend to remember who you were and not who you've become. Well, it happens to the best of us. It even happened to Jesus. Here's what happened after he had been out on the road for a while. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was casting out demons, doing all those things that we read in Scripture. And then we read this, Matthew chapter 13. He, Jesus, returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get his wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live here, right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. That's unbelievable, isn't it? He, all, all Jesus has done, the miracles, the ministry, the, the healings, the, all of that, and he gets remembered for who he was, not who he is, where he came from, not where he's going. As a result, for, for them, it, it, it put a limit, they limited their belief, and in so doing, they put a limit on the, on the miracles that Jesus was able to share with them. Wow. Living up to or down to our past. 
Sometimes our past literally haunts us. You know, when we have an embarrassing or an incriminating secret that we would rather keep hidden, keep shoved back in a closet, fearful, and we want them to remain that way because if the secret comes out, people might not get it, might not love us, might think negatively about us. We call them having skeletons in our closets. Those skeletons aren't always things that are illegal or immoral, although they might be, but they're definitely embarrassing or shameful. Mm. Now, some of these skeletons have been in there for a really long time, but that doesn't change the fact that they're part of our past that we aren't particularly proud of. And for that reason, it's important that they stay secret, that they stay well hidden in that closet. And our challenge is, even though um, that they're in the closet, each of us is aware of our own skeletons, and we often allow them to continue to haunt us, even if that closet door is shut tight. These skeletons come in a lot of different shapes and a lot of different sizes, and most of us have one or two of our own, I know that we do. And everybody's closet looks different. We could name a lot of things that are considered skeletons, things that we don't really want to admit, things that were painful and sometimes still are, things that are there and we think that we've got them set aside and they're way back and then they kind of creep in again. Things like promiscuity and the effects from that. Maybe it's deep down reasons why relationships have failed or we've lost jobs. It could be things associated with stigmas. Um, stigmas like uh, bankruptcy or divorce or abuse of substances. Mm. So things where we've caused pain for ourselves, but it's a real challenge when our, uh, what we do causes pain or hurt for somebody else. And, and that would be true for many more of us if it weren't for uh, uh, some good fortune for a moment of grace in our lives. Uh, like the time when I was in seminary, I uh, had to write a paper or I could take an alternate route and, and, and go interview a uh, uh, a New Testament scholar, which I did. So I went to North Carolina to Duke uh, Divinity School. And my plan was to go down and back in a day because I didn't have money for a motel, or I didn't think so. And, and I, was, I was successful in my ch one-day challenge up to the point of being about an hour from home when I fell asleep and ran off the road. <laughs> and uh, my, my car ended up in a ditch. Carrie called it a ravine, but... You know, ravines are only found in California, so it was a ditch. It was a it very was, deep ditch, because when I drove up, I could hardly see the car. Yeah. It was, like, in there. It was a ditch. And anyway, um, um, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, anyway, um, along Route 50 outside of Denton, Maryland, about an hour from, we lived in Seaford at the time, and um, totaling the car, and I ended up with a mere cut on my chin for all of that, but... I really can't say I'm proud of the decision I made to drive 18 round-trip hours with a short interlude there uh, interviewing the guy in, in North Carolina. And I, um, 
generally keep it in my closet. I don't share a lot about that. I'm not particularly proud of it. What's, what's especially challenging is when I consider what could have happened instead of just a ditch, because there was a guardrail and a telephone pole. And if I had run into those instead, I think life would have been a whole lot different. What's especially challenging is if I think about, I was asleep, so I veered the car, went to the right, but if it had gone to the left, there's oncoming traffic, even at one in the morning, and oncoming traffic, who knows, there may have been a family of four that I would have run into, and who knows what the result of that would have been. Tragic, of course. That would alter my life in many, many ways, both emotionally, but also, you know, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. I probably would have spent time in jail and uh, would have affected my family, would have changed my whole life just because the car happened to go, not because of me, happened to go right rather than left. You know, it's, it's interesting when we consider the skeletons each of us might have if it weren't for God's grace, like happened to me that day. We ought to keep that in mind when we start evaluating the skeletons in other people's closets. Sometimes our skeletons are the result not of the choices we've made, but maybe the way that we're wired. Some of us feel a stigma when it comes to anxiety that we experience or depression or um, different kinds of disorders of mental illness, not to mention thoughts or attempted suicide. And so those kinds of things we try to keep so um, back and back and back in our closets, deeply hidden, because they're things that we think that people just won't understand. Hmm. Sometimes the skeletons are the result of someone else's choices that resulted in pain for us. Abuse of all type is an example, you know. Things in our family of origin, perhaps, that, that we didn't cause, that we couldn't control, that, that we can't cure, and many others that you can probably think of. You know, but the effects of these things rear their ugly heads at times, and we just want to shove them back in the closet, don't we? Keep them hidden. Sometimes the skeletons are a result of circumstances. You know, things that just happen, they're nobody's fault. And they have consequences, though. Consequences that alter our future, alter our lives, and alter the lives of others. Mm. And so what about you? Any skeletons in your closet? Most likely there are. Most of us have them. The question is, what are you going to do with them? Are they overwhelming you? Are they filling your thoughts? Are they keeping you awake? Are they causing you distress? Are they affecting the quality of your life? Are they getting in the way of you realizing what God has in store for you? Are these life ghouls, <laughs> as we call them, getting in the way of God's life goals for you? Because that's not what God desires for your life. It's not what God wants for you. That's what the evil one would love to have you live into. The evil one wants to kill and destroy our lives and destroy our relationships and destroy everything about us, but not God. That's not God's way. God shared with Jeremiah, who was a prophet, and God shares with us this. For I know the plans I have for you, 
declares the Lord. Not just says the Lord or comments the Lord, declares the Lord. That's a big word. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Hope and a future. And that's a message not just for Jeremiah, that's a message for you and me as well. Satan would love those skeletons to interrupt God's plan for your lives. He would love for you to be, uh, to have a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness, thanks to what's hidden in your closet. But here's the thing, God has other plans for you to deliver you from from your past, to to bring salvation from those things that enslave you. That's why God came down from heaven to earth in human form to walk with us hand in hand, side by side, person to person. Say this with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, we often focus on the first half on verse 16, for God so loved the world. And we stop with eternal life, but 17 is just as important. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to condemn you and me. He's not here to con- for condemnation, but for salvation, for salvation. You know, fear. Fear is what these skeletons bring, fear. We have a fear of what will happen, of others find out about these skeletons in our closets. What would happen? What would that person think of me if they really knew my story? If they really knew the things that I've done? What would they, and what about God? How could God possibly love me? If he knew about that skeleton, just a side note, he knows. But we try to pretend otherwise, so we keep them hidden, don't we? Keep them hidden deep in that closet. Keep that closet door closed. We can put a lock on it just in case. Trouble is, even if others don't know what's in there, we do. We do. We're well aware. And we keep checking that closet. (laughs) Just make sure they're still there. (laughs) And they are. And they are. They're not going anyplace (laughs) as long as we keep them locked in that closet. A spirit of fear does not come from God. God does not occupy that space where fear, I mean, God occupies all space, but God does not bring fear, except for a healthy kind of fear or holy awe of him and who he is. But that fear, that spirit of fear that can paralyze us, that can cause us to have all kinds of things going on inside that keep us in the darkness, that comes from the evil one. That comes from Satan. That's how Satan can have power over us and keep us from experiencing everything that God has in store for our lives. Fear does not come from God. Say that. Fear does not come from God. In fact, it's just the opposite of what God desires for you, desires for me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 
See, God wants us to face our fears head on in the power of God's Holy Spirit, knowing that Jesus Christ came to redeem, to make right those skeletons in our closet, came to bring them and us out of the darkness and into God's glorious light. This is the message we have heard from him, Jesus, and declare, there's that word, declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. The writer of that was John, one of Jesus' disciples, and he shares here that God is pure light, pure light, no darkness at all. And so if we claim God, if we follow God, we walk in that light, not in darkness. Satan loves it when we walk in darkness when we walk in fear, when we allow those skeletons in our closet to control us and our futures. But that's not God. That's not of God. That's not God. what God wants from you, from you or from me. He wants us to walk in the light, free from fear of those closet skeletons. So what do we do? What do we do when something has power over you the way to challenge it is to face it. Face it head on. If there are skeletons in your closet because of something that, that you've done or maybe didn't do but they're there, take them out maybe one by one and look at them and say, okay, God, meet me here. Carry me through this. Take it from me. God, thank you for your forgiveness. But also confession is an important part of this because sometimes our skeletons are there because of things that we might have caused. And forgive me, God, forgive me with a pure heart. Go to God. Confession is so important. In a few moments, we'll have Holy Communion and we'll have a prayer of confession where you'll have some moments to talk to God. You know, it's also helpful to share some of your skeletons, some of your deep hurts as we pull them out with, with others, not just anybody, but somebody trusted, somebody who has your best interest at heart, somebody who cares for you unconditionally and will not pass judgment because of the skeletons in your closet, but will love you through them and also speak the truth in love. If the skeletons are a result of of someone else, of some, with someone else that brought hurt to you. I encourage you to seek God's help in, in finding forgiveness for that person, keeping in mind that forgiveness does not mean that what that person did was okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're saying everything is okay with what you did. That's not what forgiveness is at all. Forgiveness is that I'm no longer going to be controlled by what you did that hurt me. See, here's the interesting thing about forgiveness. We think, oh, if I forgive that person, I'm releasing them. It's just the opposite. When we forgive that person, we're releasing ourselves from the hold that person has from us, from the hold that hurt has on us. 
It can even happen with someone who's dead and gone. And in the grave, you know, if we release them, we think it's not, I mean, they're gone. That, that's the thing. It's releasing us, not them. And so we encourage you to ask God to help you get past that hurt, past that shame, past that embarrassment that that other person brought to you. That's what forgiveness brings in your life. With those skeletons that are a result of circumstances, of things that just happened, again, we need to ask God to help us release them, to let them go, that they wouldn't continue to hold us captive, to haunt us, so to speak. And here's the thing about that. Once we release those skeletons to God, it's really the first step of breaking the stronghold. It's such a beautiful thing. It's like, it's like broken, and God can continue to work in and through us and show us and, you know, take us out of that darkness, and then it's like a little bit foggy, and then you're coming into the light. We know how that feels. It feels so cleansing, and it feels so good. And God is able to use those skeletons to help others as well. God doesn't waste the things that happen to us. We've shared a lot of skeletons with you over the years. Some of them, quite a few of them, very publicly, and others in one-on-one -on -one conversations. And when we do that, God uses them for his glory. So give it to God and consider allowing your story to encourage others, to give others hope, to give them a glimpse of God's action in your life and how God could work in their life. Hmm. And so we seek God's forgiveness, and God's just waiting to forgive us. We seek to be able to forgive others and then perhaps the biggest challenge is to forgive ourselves, to allow ourselves to be released from those things that we've done, either for self-harm or the harm of someone else. See, here's the thing. We don't want to let your past get in the way of your future. Don't let your past get in the way of your future. Say that with me, will you? Don't, Don't let, let your, your past, past get, get in, in the way, way of, your of your future. future. Now change the word your, two places in there, to my. Say it with me. Don't, Don't let, let my past get, get in the way, way of, of my future, because that's what it's about. Now here's the thing. Um, does all this mean that we're, we're, we're never going to visit our skeletons again? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Chances are good we're going to visit them again. We... We have a tendency to just peek in that closet every once in a while, especially when there's a story or a, or a comment or even a single word that triggers it. You know what I'm talking about, that one word that can trigger that whole memory begin. And no matter how far away we are, it can happen at the most unexpected time, you know. I think, I think Satan likes to do that. He, he knows our hot buttons, and he likes, to, he likes those trigger points. And, and it's hard for us to completely be removed. But here's the thing. Chances are we will still feel a little pain, a, a twinge of, uh, of bitterness, a, a, a second of sadness. But here's the thing. That skeleton might still hurt, 
but it won't haunt. Do you see the difference? Hurt can be momentary. Haunt just doesn't end, does it? It might still hurt, but it won't haunt. That's what can happen when, when we bring those skeletons out of the darkness into the God's glorious light. When we give them to God, it's when, it's when we are able to do that that we can let the past be the past and we can look toward a glorious future. In the book of John, in the New Testament, we read about Jesus preparing his disciples <coughs> for their future for their lives after his death when he would no longer be with them physically. But he shared that he would be with them spiritually and also share with them the gift of the Holy Spirit that would guide them and walk with them and talk with them. And so he gives us, and he gave his disciples in the book of John, so much hope. Hope for what's to come. Hope to deal with the challenges. Hope to deal with the skeletons in their closets. And he gives you and me hope as well. Because Jesus is present with us. There is no place where we can flee, no place where we can go, where the presence of God can't be. God is pervasive. There's no space where God can't occupy. That is such good news for us. And so as we deal with skeletons in our closets, here are the parting words that Jesus gave his disciples in John chapter 16. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we tend to hold on to those things that end up just keeping us imprisoned. And you came to overcome all that. Help us, God, continue to release or maybe release for the first time those skeletons in our closet that literally haunt us, that paralyze us, that keep us in the dark. Thank you for the glorious light and your presence with us always. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.